Will you join us this morning on our, our final Sunday in this uh, series that we've been looking at on uh, prayer? And uh, just to give you a quick quick reminder and recap of where we've been, uh, the uh, the series was inspired by this call to prayer from Lynn Green, our General Secretary of the Baptist Union of Great Britain. And uh, she encouraged all the churches across Great Britain to uh, become beacons of prayer. And uh, this series is a, is a response to that, partly, to try and encourage us in our prayer life. And we began by asking the question, what is prayer? And we talked about prayer as a, about our relationship with God. We talked about prayer as about our worship of God. And we talked about prayer as about our partnership with God. And we talked about prayer as about our friendship with God, looking at the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. And then in week two, we, we asked the question, well, how do we pray? And uh, we noted that just before Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, uh, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And uh, we looked at the fact that uh, prayer is about asking God to give us each day our daily bread, which was about provision. It's about asking God to forgive us, which was about pardon. It was about asking God to lead us, which was about protection. And then last week we were looking at the difficult question of the problem of unanswered prayers. And uh, we looked at the honesty of unanswered prayer. And we looked at uh, the inconsistency of unanswered prayer. And then we looked at the history of unanswered prayer. And then we looked at the mystery of unanswered prayer. And uh, this week... We are finishing our series. We're thinking about how to sustain a healthy prayer life because we want to encourage people. As I said right at the beginning of this series, this series wasn't intended to make people feel guilty about the fact that we don't pray enough. It was to encourage people in their prayer life to help one another. And during this series, uh, we've been inviting people to give testimonies about prayer. It's been great and we've had uh, some great testimonies. And we've got a couple more uh, this morning. And uh, Lynn's going to come and share a testimony, and then uh, and Barbara, after, is going to come and share a short testimony about prayer. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. That verse, faithful is he who has called us, who shall also do it. And that's really a good verse this morning for what I want to say, and it's great to see friends here. Um, I've got, I've had five children and one of them, the eldest one, who's now in his 40s, fell 16 foot when he was in his teens and fractured his skull. He was brought to the hospital by a helicopter and the was he going to live was very much, they weren't sure. Um... If I could tell you, I prayed so much. This is what we're talking about, prayer, this morning. I prayed so much. I was in the ladies' toilets in the hospital, praying in tongues at the top of my voice. I think everybody thought I'd lost something. Um, and when they finally brought him in, he was all wired, you know, wires up, and it was very, very upsetting. It took four weeks for him to regain consciousness and then he was in a wheelchair and spoke. He thought he was saying something, but it was all garbled. And, but the thing is that we kept praying. 
we kept praying and we kept praying and believing and the day he came home he was brought in his wheelchair into the house like this and he sat up stood up and walked into the lounge and said where's mum totally recovered I think that's a miracle don't you and so that was a time in my life when prayer was miraculously answered and my son that son now is a top chef in London in his mid-40s hallelujah praise God I also had another son who was born early and he weighed three pounds and I had everybody praying for him and you'll all remember this won't you well Christine and Janice will and I had a verse from the scripture fear not Gideon you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord but he did die I don't see it as failure I see that as an answer to prayer in that he's now in eternity and I have a child in eternity that I will see again one day so I praise God for answered prayer one way or another Amen Thank you Lynn and uh, Barbara is going to come and uh, just uh, share a short testimony Right, okay. Um, I'd forgotten about this until we started this uh, series of prayer. Um, I just have to give you a little background because this is um, majority of my friends, apart from everybody here, are all, as you might say, non-Christians. Very nice people who I've grown up with all my life. But it wouldn't have been a something that you would say prayers for or you would ask for. I can't honestly remember whether I was coming here at the time or not, but it is a few years back. Right. So this friend of mine uh, had emphysema, smoked all her life, should never have done, and so, you know, she was quite poorly. So I used to visit, and we, we, everything was fine. She was on oxygen and things. And then one day, her, her daughter saw me, and she said, Oh, my mum's in hospital. Okay. So me and another friend went to see them. Now, like I say, these are... I'm not one, as you all know now, that goes out and pray. I can't, you know, do things in a spiritual way. I, you know, what you see is what you get. But anyway, so we went to see her. And she's laid in, and she had the mask on. And I was shocked because she hardly spoke, but she just said, I want to I wanna die. I have... She said, I can't fight any longer, just go away. So we stayed a few minutes and uh, we got to the door. And this is true. I suddenly thought, I'm going to go back and ask her if she'd like me to pray for her. Now, you've got to think, I'm, I'm me, you know, I'm not being one of these uh, people who do these things because it's a few years back. But something stopped me at the door. So I said to Jackie, I'm just going back to Sheila. So I went to her, and I don't know what her response was. I said, Sheila, would you like me to say a prayer? And she sort of said, yes. That was that. Came home. And I fully expected within a day or two that I'd be hearing the bad news. 
Um, anyway, I saw somebody, I mean, the details go a little bit away. Um, and they said, oh, Sheila's home. I said, what? Sheila's home? So, of course, I went up, and there she is. I mean, I wouldn't say she was, like, running around. She still had emphysema, but she was quite... Br- I said, wow. She said, now, this is somebody who's not a church person, and it's nothing we have ever, ever speak about. She said, you know, when you said that, said you was going to say a prayer for me? Yeah. She said, during that night and the morning, she said, I suddenly... So I, I can't just remember what she said, that she suddenly felt mm, something. You, I don't know, you make of that what you will. And she did have quite a long time after that. She had eventually died, obviously, because the illness was... But she must... Now, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's my little... Um, simple as it is, but it was Sheila that said, you know, that... I don't know whether my prayer did anything or not. But maybe it did. Maybe it did. Okay, that's it. Just in passing, before I sit down, there is an old saying, uh, when you do something, it's like getting on a bike. You never forget. Well, you do. Because yesterday proved it. I fell off three times on a bike. And in the end, I had to walk the th- walk part of this walk we all did pushing the back, so sorry. It's okay. No, thank you, Barbara. We'll pray for you. <laughs> great, thank you. It's great, isn't it, to hear uh, testimonies about prayer, and I thank you those who've shared testimonies uh, during this series, because it's good to hear uh, how, answer, how God answers prayers in different ways, not always in ways that we would imagine or want. Uh, so how do we uh, sustain a healthy prayer life. What what things can we do to help us in our prayer life and to encourage each other in our prayer lives? Well, the first thing is, it's got to be an ongoing conversation. Prayer has to be an ongoing conversation. If you only pray when you are in trouble, you're in trouble. It's okay to pray when you're in trouble, but if that's the only time you pray, uh, you're not really going to build up a, a healthy prayer life. Uh, God's just going to be like the, the lifeguard who you call when you get into trouble. Uh, and most of the time, thankfully, we're not in trouble, are we, most of the time? And if, if we only relate to God when we're in trouble, uh, that relationship is not going to grow and develop. So it has to be uh, an ongoing conversation with God. Prayer we talked about in that first week when we were talking about what prayer is, we said it's, it is a relationship. And how do we build up relationships? Uh, by talking to people. Uh, how do we find out about things about people? By speaking to them, by asking questions. In conversation, we get to know one another better. And it's the same with God. Um, when relationships break down, one of the first things that happens is that people stop talking. I'm not talking to you. Have you ever had that from you? And you, you might not have teenage daughters, but if you've, got, if you've got teenage daughters, quite often you will see, I'm not speaking to you, Dad. I'm not speaking to you. And uh, when relationships break down, very often people stop talking. They cease to communicate with one another. I wonder this morning whether there's people here 
who have stopped talking to God. Maybe you've fallen out with God. Maybe you still come to church because, uh, you know, you can come to church and, and, and not relate to God. Maybe you, you find a fellowship, but you've actually stopped talking to God on a regular basis. Maybe because you felt that God wasn't speaking to you and it was a waste of time. Uh, or maybe because you didn't have your prayers answered in miraculous ways like some of the testimonies that we've heard. And maybe you've just stopped to communicate with God. It's just become the norm that there is no communication. Some couples live together, they don't separate, but they don't communicate. They live separate lives. It's very sad, and uh, but it happens. And sometimes that's what happens in our relationship with God. We become separated and we cease to communicate with God. Prayer is an ongoing conversation. We need to talk to God. In a way that you and I would talk to one another. One of the things we've been saying uh, during this uh, series on prayer is, you know, if we want to develop our prayer life, we need to learn uh, how to pray. And we can talk to God in the same way that we talk to each other. We don't have to put on a a special voice. It was great that uh, we all identified with what Barbara was saying about, you know, we're not spiritual. Uh, Well, actually, you don't have to be particularly spiritual to talk to God. Uh, God's great because he'll talk to anybody. Uh, God never says, I'm not talking to you. He doesn't say that. Whenever we want to talk to God, he's there. He will talk to us. He wants us to communicate. You know, when, when relationships do break down, uh, when your children or your partner or somebody else stops talking to you, the reality is that you long for that person to talk to you again. Uh, some people in, in relationships, when they break down, they don't speak for years and years. Uh, but there's a longing that builds up and grows up for the person to communicate. And I think God longs for us to speak to him. So if you're here this morning and you just haven't spoken to God for a long time, for a week, for a month, maybe for years, talk to God. Just talk to God. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what's going on. It has to be an ongoing conversation. Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. Now, when Paul says that, I don't think he wants us to go around, you know, with our eyes shut and our hands together, uh, oblivious to anything else that's going on, nor does he want us to go and join a monastery. That's some people's calling, but not many. When he talks about praying continually, I think he means carry on praying. Don't give up. Don't stop. Even when we were looking last week at unanswered prayers and we looked at the inconsistency about what Jesus says and what we experience. And we talked about that when Jesus says, you know, you know, ask and you will see, seek and you will find, knock and the door be answered, or opened unto you. And it sounded like prayer was instant, but actually if you think about it, seek, ask, knock, continue. Continue in prayer. Don't give up. Continue praying. So we need to be praying continually in all circumstances, an ongoing conversation with God. I don't know about you, but but that's how I've started to develop my prayer life. It's not a case of having a, a prayer time, although it's good to have times where we we, 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 we we set aside to be with God, but I talk to God in the car. People in the cars think I'm talking to myself, but I'm I'm not, I'm talking to God. Sometimes I, I do write things down. 
Sometimes I even send text messages to God. I, I, I get my phone out and I actually put it in a text. It, you obviously can't send that. I haven't got God's number, but uh, you know what I mean? But I, I actually, there's something about actually writing it down or, or texting it or writing it on a computer. Just expressing it. It makes it more permanent. Uh, these are things that I find helpful in my prayer life. It's an ongoing conversation. Some people have regular time. Some people pray in the morning and pray in the evening. And that's great. And it's good to build up that regular prayer time with God. But we can talk to God at any time. You can talk to God when you're washing up, when you're, when you're walking down the streets. What about just praying for people that you meet? Why don't you try this week? Every single person that you meet, pray for. You don't have to announce it to them. You don't have to tell them. You can do if you want to. But you can pray to people without them knowing about it. Secret prayers. You can pray for people without them even realising that you're praying for them. Why don't you try it? Every single person that you come into contact, when you shake the hand, when you give them a hug, when you speak to them, why don't you just say a silent prayer for that person? What about both those people that you pass? What about the homeless person that sits in the, in, in the centre of Manchester and uh, most people walk past and, and ignore? Why not say a prayer for him? I find that homeless people actually are very welcome to, 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 to being prayed for. I, I've sometimes said, you, you know, I've put a, a pound in a, in a pot and I've said, do you mind if I pray for you? And nobody's ever said no. In fact, they've actually welcomed it because somebody's actually noticing them. And there's lots of people in our world who just feel unnoticed, unloved, and uncared for. And saying a prayer, uh, it might not change their circumstances, it might not change their situation, but it's, it's, it's joining with them and somehow bringing God into that situation. And people appreciate that. People are grateful for that. So be brave, be courageous, and keep that ongoing conversation. A prayer is a conversation between friends, just telling God about your day. Yeah, God already knows about it. He knows what's happened. We can't tell God anything that he doesn't already know. You know, when my children were young, um, sometimes they'd come home and they'd learn something new. Daddy, Daddy, I can write my name. Well, I know how to, how to write their name. But I wanted to hear them and, and, and to hear their story and, and allow them to tell me and show me what they could do. And I think that's what God is like. He knows what we've been up to. He knows what we've been doing. He knows the good stuff, the bad stuff. But he wants us to share, to communicate, to tell him because it's about that relationship. Um, Marcus Borg, in, in his book, talks about being intimate with God, about just having that dialogue with God about, about sharing, about, about, about just, just going through your day with God. And he, and he says this, he says, our relationship with God deepens through such intimacy, through disclosure, through conversation. So speak to God. Tell God about your day. Tell him about the good stuff. Tell him about the bad stuff. Tell him about the things that you're worried about. Tell him about the things that you celebrate. Uh, Paul says that we are, you know, to pray, continue to give thanks in all circumstances. And you think, give thanks in all circumstances? I don't want to do that. But why not try it? You know, thank you for this problem, God. I didn't really want it, but it's here. So I thank you for it. And I pray that somehow you come into this problem with me. And by doing that, we actually begin to share our lives with God. We don't just have spiritual times. 
We live in a relationship with God. The, 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 the danger is, is, is that we compartmentalize our life and we say, well, this is spiritual and this isn't. You know, I'm going to church this morning, I'm going to have a spiritual time, but then this afternoon I'm going to do something that's not spiritual. That's rubbish. God is, wants to be involved in every single part of our lives. So, an ongoing conversation is one of the ways that we can sustain a healthy prayer life. We talk to God all the time. And don't worry, people think you're talking to yourself. They'll just think you're a little bit mad, and that's okay, because you have to be a little bit crazy uh, to be in a relationship with God. So it's an ongoing conversation. And you might find that you actually enjoy it. That you actually start to enjoy prayer rather than see it as a burden and a task and something that we feel we ought to do and we're not doing enough and, oh dear, I've not said our prayers today. That we actually start to enjoy our time with God because we're talking to God as somebody who is a friend. But you don't, you, you can't be a friend unless you know him. So you need to involve reading God's word and you need to involve all sorts of things in your prayer life. It's an ongoing conversation. Uh, in every situation. An ongoing conversation in every situation. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. And you, and you want to say to Paul, what? You want to try living the life that I have? I've got all sorts of things that I can be anxious about. I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, I'm worried about... Do you know, um, when we worry and we're anxious about things, we're using energy that could be spent on prayer. Uh, I'll tell you something, worrying about something doesn't make it any better. In fact, when you're worrying about something, what you're doing is you're meditating on the problem. You're thinking about it. And you know what I'm talking about, because there's something happening, maybe this week, next month, and it's, it, it's dominating your thoughts. You're not looking forward to it. Maybe you've got to have a conversation with somebody that you don't want to. And that's all you can think about. Instead of concentrating on the problem. Just give the problem to God and say, God, I don't know what to do in this problem. I don't know what to do in this situation. In everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God is open to requests. He's open to our requests. In every situation. And it's important to realise that we can, we, we can talk to, to God and we can be honest with God. I don't know about you, but I do like reading uh, the Psalms. And uh, did you know that, that two-thirds of the Psalms, 150 Psalms and two-thirds, somebody who's better than math would tell me how many that is, but it's quite a lot. I'd say it's about 100. Is that right? Yeah, not, a good, not, not that hard math really, is it? But about 100 of them are what are called Psalms of Lament. Psalms of Lament. Lamenting Psalms. And these are, these are Psalms, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. The Psalms like Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourselves in times of trouble? Do you ever pray like that? The psalmist says it's okay to do that. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? This is the psalmist crying out and being honest and telling God about how he feels. And he's not very happy with God. 
because he doesn't feel God is paying attention or listening to him or answering him. And it's okay to do that. That's part of this ongoing conversation in every situation, to tell God exactly how you feel. He can handle it. It's okay. Some of you are good at complaining. I know about that. Because you complain to me about the songs that we sing. You complain to me about the length of the service. You complain to me about all sorts of things. Some of you are good about complaining. You know who you are. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you can turn that into a positive. Because you can also complain to God. It's, it's just lamenting. It's complaining to God about things that are happening. And it's okay to do that. In fact, we should be complaining to God about some of the terrible things that are happening in this world. And we should be saying, God, what are you doing? about those poor people that are getting on boats from Africa, risking their lives, turning up in Italy and Greece and other places, and they've got nothing. It's not fair. Why is that happening, God? We should be crying out for these people. Christians that are being persecuted because of their faith. God, why are you allowing that to happen? We should get cross and angry about some of these things, and we should lament, and we should say, I want to speak to the manager. Don't go to the minister. Go straight to God with your complaints. Tell God about the songs you don't like and the, the length of the sermon and, uh, and all the other things. You can tell me as well if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm open to complaints. Tom Wright, in his book, Simply Christian, says this, For the psalmist, the sense of a void and emptiness where there ought to be presence is not something to accept calmly. I like this. As way things simply are, it's something to complain at to jump up and down about. How's about that as a new way of praying? Jumping up and down uh, because you're not happy. Stamping your feet. Wake up, Yahweh, shouts the psalmist, like someone standing at the foot of the bed, hands on hips, looking crossly at the sleeping fall. That's how Tom Wright describes the psalmist prayers. And they are prayers, they are laments. In every situation, we can talk to God about it. We can tell God exactly how we feel. And this is how we build a, a healthy prayer life. If we only talk about the good stuff, about the positive answers to prayers, we're not really getting a healthy, balanced view of how life is. Because that's not what everybody experiences. But we can bring absolutely every situation to God. Every situation. Philip Yancey, in his book, Disappointment with God, says, one bold message in the book of Job is that you can say anything to God. Throw at him your grief, your anger, your doubts, your bitterness, your betrayal, your disappointment. He can absorb them all. As often as not, spiritual giants of the Bible are shown contending with God. They prefer to go away limping like Jacob, rather than to shut God out. So, an ongoing conversation in every situation. And sometimes that will involve rejoicing and being thankful, but sometimes it will involve complaining, shouting, getting angry. Philip Yancey in his book on prayer talks about the fact that he, he used to go on anger walk. We've heard about bike rides and prayer walks this morning. He used to go on anger walks and just tell God all the things that he was angry about, about all the people that had upset him. And he just would offer them all up to God as he walked around. He'd have a bit of a rant and a shout and he'd come home and he'd feel better. 
Nothing had changed. These people were still going irritating and annoying him, but he'd, he'd handed it over to God and he allowed that, that resentment to come out of him so he didn't turn into a, a bitter person and allow that resentment to come out to the people that were upsetting him. In every, an ongoing conversation, in every situation, finally this will open us up to God's revelation. An ongoing conversation, in every situation, opens us up to God's revelation. Because you see, that conversation has to be two-way. The conversation that we have with God has to be two-way. We have to allow time for God to speak to us. Be still and know that I am God, the psalmist says. Be still. Some of us have a problem with that, don't we? Being still, being quiet. Just stopping. We, we like to be doing things. We like to be active. And sometimes we need to stop. Maybe it's okay to close our eyes when we pray, but what we shouldn't do is close our ears. If we close our ears, we won't hear what God is wanting to say to us in response to what we say to him. Lots of people say, you know, they, they just don't listen. I'm sure you've spoken to people and you've had those one-way conversations where somebody just talks at you. And uh, you come away and you think, well, that wasn't much of a conversation. All that person's done is just speak at me. And sometimes that's what we, we do in prayer. We just speak at God and then we go away and we don't stop to listen. And if we're going to build up a healthy prayer life, we need to stop and listen to what God has to say to us. And, and we've got his word to help us. Sometimes it's helpful just to, to reflect on a psalm or a passage of scripture and to see whether God speaks to us through that as we pray. We need to listen up to what God has to say. Some people wonder why God never speaks to them. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to crowd God out, to fill our lives with, with noise. We have the radio on, we have the television on, we have our iPods stuck in our ears. Uh, we, we constantly fill our lives with, with noise. And uh, we avoid silence, don't we? We feel awkward. But we need to find those quiet places to allow God to speak to us. We need to look into his word. We need to listen as well as speak if we're going to have a prayer life. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me, says Jesus in John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice. Not only when was the last time that you spoke to God and talked to God, but when was the last time God spoke to you? Was it last week? Was it last month? Was it last year? Was it five years ago? Was it ten years ago? It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if we had testimonies of when God spoke to me, how many of those testimonies would be from years ago? And how many would be from last week? We need to be open to hearing God speak to us. An ongoing conversation in every situation opens us up to God's revelation. Praying isn't just about us asking God for stuff. It's about that relationship and allowing God to speak to us. Philip Yancey in his book, Prayer Doesn't Make a Difference, says, all too often I cried out, I crowd out prayer because in other activities I see tangible results with prayer. Much of the benefits take place behind the scenes, beneath the level of conscious awareness in ways difficult to measure. 
If we were to ask another, how's our prayer life? It's difficult to measure, isn't it? If we're just counting answered prayers and results, we'd perhaps, you know, think our prayer life isn't doing very well. If we were measuring the amount of time that we spent in prayer, we might say we're not doing very well. It's not very easy, is it, to to measure how healthy or how good our prayer life is. An ongoing conversation in every situation will open us up to God's revelation. Max Lucado says, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Prayer makes a difference. It does change. It makes things change. But the interesting thing is, you see, sometimes when we pray, we pray as if we're trying to change God. As if God doesn't want the best for us. And maybe we're trying to change God's mind. And sometimes prayer feels like that. But what I found interesting as I've been reading and and looking at prayer over these last four weeks is that most people seem to come to a similar conclusion about prayer. Nobody has to prove to me prayer makes a difference, wrote Henry Newen. Without prayer, I become irritable, tired, heavy of heart. I lose a spirit who directs my attention to the needs of others instead of my own. Without prayer, my attention moves to my own preoccupation. I become cranky and spiteful. Anybody feeling a bit cranky here this morning? Maybe you need to pray a little bit more. Anybody feeling spiteful? Maybe you need to pray. And what Henry Newon's saying is that, is that prayer might not change the situation, but it changes me. There's something happens when we pray to us. And I think that's the greatest benefit in prayer. Because God wants to change us. He wants to mould us and make us into the people he wants us to be. An ongoing conversation in every situation, opens us up to God's revelation. C.S. Lewis says this about prayer. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking and sleeping, it doesn't change God. It changes me. I like that quote. Because that's what prayer does. It changes you and it changes me. We might not get the results that we want. We might not get our prayers answered in the way that we want. But I think the message is how to sustain a healthy prayer life is to carry on praying. Is to keep on praying. To be faithful, as our text for the year says, to be faithful in prayer. To be faithful in prayer. To continue to not give up. And so, a healthy prayer life is a conversation, an ongoing conversation in every situation that will open us up to God's revelation.